Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. <laughs> Who sees that mess? Not me. 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 No, no, no mess. Uh, so Probably he... similar in size. Yeah. <laughs> T-M-I. You're the one who brought up poo. Continue. It's it's so exciting. Yep, so just offload your children and there's 40% of your time back. Done. (laughs) Hello and welcome. This episode we are talking about what is holding you back. So we're going to discuss some of the common questions that come up that seem to hold us back from getting traction on getting organized. And we're going to take a deep dive into the victim versus victor mentality and talk about how you can live above the line instead of below it. But before we get into today's episode, we of course have to tell you about some of the freebies that we have up for grabs at the moment. One, if you need help getting organized and you just want a structured system, check out our organizing cheat sheet. It is so simple, but so useful. Two, we have our decluttering decision-making tree. So if you're someone who's tried to declutter and you found yourself getting stuck, a decision-making tree is perfect because you can literally follow the yes, no's on it and figure out what to do with an item if you're really not quite sure. And of course, Bonnie and I are very proud of the Essentials Guide. It is a resource designed to be accessible no matter where you are at home. You do it online, you do it at your own pace, lifetime access. And if you're someone who wants the extra support, wants lots of information on the nitty gritty details of how to organize any space in your home, definitely check out the Essentials Guide. Just head to our website, littlehomeorganized.com.au and you can find all of those there. Okay, so today we're talking about uh, what is holding you back and we're going to start by just kind of talking about some of the common reasons why we struggle to make progress. We want to get decluttered, we want to get organised. It's almost like we should be talking about the model for change, you know, that whole cycle that we can get stuck in. The of, stages of change? Yeah. The stages of change. Pre-contemplation, yes. contemplation. Yes, yeah. I, love, I love that model. So let's talk about the first reason that people tend to get stuck. So if you don't have a goal, we have an episode on this, of course, Smart Goals, check it out. But if you don't have one, it is highly likely that you may get lost because Mm. there isn't a sense of direction of something that you are working towards. Having a goal in all areas of life is important. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If we don't have the journey, the end destination in mind, we don't really know which direction the journey is going to go in. So we can just be spinning around in circles, not knowing which way to go. And that's why the goal is so important because it gives us something to aim for. Now, the reason we like SMART goals and talk about them all the time is because it's a really cool acronym that breaks down goal setting. So you can make sure your goal is actually going to be achievable. And one of the reasons that people get overwhelmed with decluttering an organization is that they bite off more than they can chew. We talk about mm. the classic example of someone going into their entire garage and wanting to like blitz that out on a Saturday yes. and they haven't done any organizing or decluttering, or if they have, it's been a long time time and it just becomes so overwhelming you know we bite off more than we can chew and that is often a reason that we stop and we don't pick things back up again that's so true because we really need to flex our decluttering muscles and we need to practice 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 because practice does make perfect and we need to start with something small and not emotional have success with that and then move on to bigger tasks and leave things like the garage for right down the end because they are mammoth (laughs) 
one of the other issues that comes up related to that is if you can't see small milestones and small achievements, you don't build that momentum. You don't yes. see that reward. And we need rewards in life. If you have a really like big promotion at work, something that helps you feel really good about it is a reward. If a child completes their homework or their chores and they get a reward, you know, like these things that they're all tied in throughout our life. It is this reinforcement Mm. for moving forward, for striving, for all different kinds of things. It's an incentive. And this is so timely because at the moment we are toilet training with our two-year-old who is doing a fantastic job. Um, He will be three in a few months and um, he's, he's doing the whole when he does a poo on the toilet, he gets a little, you know, matchbox type car. And um, the last week or so. Probably he, similar in size. Yeah. <laughs> TMI. You're the one who brought up poo. Continue. It's, it's so exciting because he has earned probably eight to ten cars over the last week because he's really just, you know, smashing it out. And so now he'll come into um, my parents' bedroom in the morning and be like, look, Grandma, I got new cars and and mum's like, oh, what did you get those for? And he goes, I did a poo on the toilet. So (laughs) the whole reward system is really great. And you may think, oh, that's reducing us to these mindless animals who um, we're training Hate to break it to you, you are one. (laughs) Like it's reality. It really does work though. So why not embrace the system that actually works? So the other thing that these rewards do is they are indicators. So they're indicators of progress Mm. and we don't like doing things as people if we feel like we're just hamsters on a wheel turning 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 we, we want to see feedback we want to see progress we want to see milestones yeah. we want to know that we're on the right track or that the efforts that we're putting out are producing something so this is one of those common reasons where people get stuck is because they're they're not doing things in a way where they can see those small achievements they've either gone in too hard too quickly or there isn't a system in place it's just like kind of all over the show and they don't get to then sit back and appreciate their work a great way that you so can true. um monitor your progress and feel like you've made a big difference is before and after photos. Yes, absolutely. And it's so funny because I'm actually really bad at remembering to take before photos and I get to halfway through and I think, oh, dang, I should have taken a before photo because it's really good for people who are very visual and who do need that kind of reminder of this is actually what it was like before we started and to be proud and to show other family or friends this is what it was like before and now look at it because when we can see that visual difference, it really is a really great feedback for us of This is how far we've come. This is what we've achieved. Exactly. So before and after photos, they're they're the way to do it. Even if it's not something you want to share online or share with anybody else, even if it's just for you, it's a really great reminder of this is where I was and this is where I am now. And it might be that you're not at your end destination, but you've made progress. And that's important to document that too. Another common reason is, of course, being time poor. And aren't we time poor? Especially being a parent. It's just there's never enough time. You know, when I hadn't had a child yet and people said that to me who are parents, I was like, (laughs) oh, parents are always going on about it. They (laughs) have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, they just love to whinge, parents. But, you know, there is an element of truth in that, that there is so much less time. And I'm not at the point where I'm about, you know, three with one on the way, which is obviously your situation. But time is precious it's one of our most precious resources and it's so so essential that we use our time well and we start to feel like 
if we're not intentional, we lose that time for us if we don't make it, our time for our partners if we don't make it, our one-on-one time with our kids if we don't make it. Yeah. Time is like time is tricky. So one of the things that often overwhelms people is they just think, uh, I, I don't even know where I would fit this in my day to try and get on top of this. And I know the problem's continuing to build and build and build, which is overwhelming in itself, but I just don't even know how to dive in there and do something about it. And, you know, it's interesting because no matter who you are, we've all got 24 hours in the day. It doesn't matter whether you're a millionaire or a pauper or someone in between. We've all got 24 hours in the day. And yes, people who have got lots of money might have a lot of outsourcing done for them. So that makes it seem like it's easier for them. But at the same time, we've got a decision to make with how we spend our 24 hours every day. And when you look back over your last 24 hours or over your last couple of days or last couple of weeks, what did you actually spend most of your time doing? Because this then indicates to us what our priorities are. So you might say my priority is to declutter, but if you haven't actually set aside any dedicated time to declutter, well, you're just saying that that's a priority. You're not actually making it happen. So Sometimes there are things that do get in the way of us being able to make that time, like caring for young children or caring for aging parents or your cat or or someone who's got an injury or a disability. And those are things that are kind of non-negotiable. You know, we need our people in our lives to kind of stay alive and and thrive. Um, But if you look back over those times where you weren't engaged in that absolute necessity of caring for someone, what did you do with that extra time? Did you spend it mindlessly scrolling on social media? Did you go and binge watch some Netflix show? I mean, if it really is a priority for you, you need to set that time aside and actually make it happen. And that's why hiring a professional organizer can be really good because you've booked that time in, you're paying for that time. So you've got a bit more skin in the game and you'll actually get there and you'll actually get it done, which will help you kind of with your traction going forward. Another visual way to think about this, if you're a really visual person, is I want you to visualize a pie chart and imagine that your time is... um, sort of pie? Mm, apple what would you have something with chocolate oh yeah well I didn't know chocolate was in the game um (laughs) obviously chocolate chocolate gives me really bad reflux at the moment oh does it (laughs) um it's your body's way of being like no more yeah so if you imagine you've got a pie chart and you divide a whole pie chart a whole pie in the on your chart and you divide up your time into little slices of pie so maybe 20 percent of your time is spent at part-time work and 40 percent is child caring caring for your kids and 10 percent is spent doing stuff for yourself whatever it is this whole pie chart this 24 hours is completely filled already right yep no organizing decluttering considered it is filled yep you're on a mission now to declutter and organize your home and you're like oh sweet i've got to find time to do that That literally means you need to cut some of the pieces of the pie that are already allotted and take them out Mm. and put the decluttering and organising in. Yeah, so just offload your children and there's 40% of your time back. Done. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, this is actually sometimes what you have to do. And when our clients book in a session with us and they've still got toddlers or preschoolers that are at home, they will often send that child to daycare or send that child to a friend or family member so that they can make that time for decluttering. Because when you do declutter, the idea is not that you do the same thing repeatedly for the rest of your life. Decluttering is supposed to be a, okay, this is a project. It's a big, it might be a big project. We're going to slowly work through it over the next couple of weeks, months, whatever it is. And then once it's done, it's much easier to maintain my home. So I don't need to quite have such a big chunk of my pie dedicated to that decluttering and organizing because that, that foundation is there. And it's just about the maintenance then, which is a lot easier. 
All right, we've got some more reasons after the break. You've got mail. So this one comes to us from Daniel in Raleigh, North Carolina in the States. Oh, hello. So this is Daniel's question. My husband and I live in a one-bedroom apartment with very limited storage space, just one closet. Oh, that's my nightmare. (laughs) We store board games beneath our coffee table and books, vases, knickknacks are stored randomly as decorative, but that's really just because we have nowhere else to put them. I do like it when you have like a coffee table that you can pop – um, board games and things are under because it makes it really easy hidden to hidden storage. Yeah, it's like hidden storage, and then when you have friends over, it's really easy to mm. bring it all out. Mm. Anyway, he continues. How can we balance our desire to collect items of emotional importance, developing our own unique relationship living space, with our need to preserve some sense of organization and a decluttered lifestyle? Ooh, that's a big, heavy question. Daniel's <laughs> been putting some thought into this problem in his house, hasn't he? He definitely has. Knickknacks are hard because, some yeah, they are so easily collect dust, don't they? And they're so individual. Oh. Like, Knickknacks are a great clutter confession because they're sentimental to the person who has them, but to somebody outside that person, what do they mean? They mean nothing. So the first thing that springs to mind for Daniel is having a boundary, Daniel, making sure that you know once we exceed this many knickknacks, we don't have room for any more. So any new ones that we want to acquire old ones have to go to make space because when we continually acquire and we don't actually discard, the maths is we're going to have too much and we're going to need to make some space for new things Mm. to come in. And it sounds like these pieces are really sentimental. Mm. And so, you know, I guess the good thing here is they're not big bulky pieces of furniture that are taking up a lot of space. So what can he do to find a home for them that still keeps everything organised. You know, I guess if they're things that you don't have to have on display but you want to keep so that you can occasionally open things up and have a look, I would suggest a memory box. A memory box is a good idea. Another thing that you can do for knickknacks is try and repurpose them in some way so that they form a practical use as well. So if you've got mugs that are sentimental, use them as your pen holders. If you've got vases, use them to put artwork in or flowers or any plants if you like having indoor plants use your vases to grow aquaponic plants in there so try and turn those knickknacky things into not just a display item but into something that has a practical use as well what would you say for figurines I feel like that's a tough one that is a really tough one because and I feel like it's tough for you especially because you're very um, minimalist I was about to say I just don't get the figurine thing at all but there are so many people <laughs> but out there are there. so many people who love it and like I even think about those pop figurines that they're like those little cartoon like bobble I don't I think their heads bubble actually and they're like quite big and it's like a car t- it's like a oh, this is that's a really great description people who have them will know what I'm talking about <laughs> and everyone else will be like what is she even trying to describe it's okay just a so plastic let's, let's just say it's a figurine yeah okay so what to do with them yeah. well it's once again about having a, a home for them but also having a boundary limit so if you're going to put them say on a windowsill how many windowsills are you going to use? How many figurines are you going to put per windowsill? Because you need to remember that in keeping your house clean, you actually have to individually go and pick up each of those and dust underneath them and dust around them. So maybe something like a china cabinet with a closed door is actually 
um, a better use of your space. Maybe a shadow box for those really special figurines that Mm. you don't want to get dirty and dusty. But most of all, you need to think about the maintenance because everything you have in your house that's out on display, it's a to-do at some point. It's got to be cleaned. It's got to be maintained. If it's on your windowsills and you've got blinds or curtains that need to come up and down, is that impeding the practical use of those items? So yeah, there's a lot to consider when it comes to figurines, unfortunately. And on the note of like the shadow boxes and things, I'd say my last piece of advice here is if you're really struggling for space and these things are really important to you, you don't have space in a memory box anymore. If you're content taking a photo with these items, you know, just a fun photo holding these items and then framing them and making a piece of collage art on the wall or something like that or putting Mm. it into an album, if that's another way that you can hold on to those memories but still have the space that you want back in your apartment, then that's something you can consider as well. That's a great idea, turning something that's 3D into 2D and that's another um, tip that you can use for your kids' artwork as well you know there's huge big box creations with all the cereal boxes that they make take a photo instead and it's much easier to store so if you have a listener question we would love you to send it in head to little home organized facebook page and flick it on over Okay, so we are talking about what's holding you back and we've talked about a couple of common reasons that do hold us back from getting organised and starting our decluttering journey. Um, But I want to talk about a couple more. Now, the next one is um, the whole thing of money. Money makes the world go around. So what about that reason or that excuse of I can't afford it? What would you say to those people? You'd be surprised that you can shop around at home. Right, and you've got options in in your home that you can utilize, and also you find that once you start decluttering, you might have a bit more money because you can sell some stuff online. Well, also when you do declutter, you usually find that you do have containers that are not needed anymore because you've gotten rid of the stuff that was inside them, and you can then repurpose them into the other areas of the house. Another thing you might find when you declutter is cash in pockets of thing of times gone past yes. that you've forgotten about. So, if anything, decluttering is a great thing to do if you're worried about money. Um, But if you're worried about containment systems and you think, oh, I can't have the Pinterest perfect cupboard, that's okay. Your expectations there probably need to be adjusted unless Mm. the money is going to come in another way if you're going to, you know, have a side hustle to be able to afford that. So instead, adjust your expectations and shop at home. Like shop, seriously, shop at home. You'd be surprised at what you can use around the house for containers to help get things organized. Mm. It doesn't have to be a barrier to stop you getting your house a little more orderly and functional. And another thing is call out to your village. Put a call out on your social media, text your friends and family and say, hey, I'm looking for any spare containers that you've got. One thing I loved about Marie Kondo when her series was on Netflix was the whole, she brought containers with her, but they were just cardboard containers and it was from shoes or gifts that she had purchased and they were just the leftover cardboard boxes and she used those inside drawers to help vertical file fold and organize the drawers and that's how easy it can be very different to the home edit where it's all like brand new acrylics and like you know really pretty as well but both are completely functional so if you're worried about those that kind of money you know you could even do a call out honestly lots of people have shoe boxes in their wardrobe because they haven't heard our podcast yet of course (laughs) and you know you could do a call out on your socials and on a community group and be like hey I'm just looking for some shoe boxes and people be like oh yeah sure I've got shoe boxes that I've been meaning to get rid of so keep in mind you have got some avenues to make it affordable this doesn't need to be a barrier but another thing I definitely want to mention Bonnie is a reason that um, people get really like stuck in the whole process is they don't build good habits it Mm. doesn't become like a they don't set aside the time it doesn't become a part of their routine to um, do the decluttering and organization in the first place yeah or 
to build the necessary habits to maintain it. Yeah, and look, habits are key because once you've done that decluttering, if you don't have those good habits in place, you're not going to be able to maintain it. And and sometime down the track, you are going to find yourself in that exact same place of being very cluttered because you haven't put things away in the homes that you've created for them and all those sort of things. So habits are essential for any cycle of change or stage of change in your life. You need to put in place new better, more positive habits. And on that note, Bonnie and I are going to do an episode upcoming on how to create healthy habits and give you some techniques so that if you're someone who struggles in this area, you're really idealistic, you have the intentions there, but you struggle to get to that goal. We're going to help you build the habits so that you are doing things every day towards achieving that goal. And another reason that people do tend to get stuck is that they can be a little bit like me and maybe a little bit of a perfectionist and you procrastinate because if you can't have it perfectly, then what is the point? This is a really important message that we want to get across here. When people hear of someone who is a collector or someone who hoards, they often have these images in their mind or these assumptions about that person based on, you know, what they see on in the media and everything. And one of the words they definitely wouldn't associate with a person who lives in this situation is a perfectionist. Mm. But what is so interesting is that often a lot of these people who are suffering with hoarding disorder or chronic disorganisation as well are perfectionists, are mm. suffering anxiety, are suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder. Because what happens is there is this need to have everything looking so perfect that if they are concerned that if they do anything, if they don't do it right, the feelings of shame will be too much that they won't be able to handle them. That's exactly right. And I do find it very interesting when you do delve into the research behind hoarding disorder and the other um, disorders that kind of come along with it, that there is a really huge percentage of people who are keeping things because when they get the house organized, that item is going to be perfect for that particular use. And in the meantime, Keeping these items that you can't actually use now is actually what's exacerbating the clutter. And so we kind of get stuck in this really vicious cycle of wanting things to be perfect but not able to get there because we've got all this extra clutter in the way or wanting things to be perfect and not bothering to do it because it's like, well, it's not going to be perfect. Maybe I don't have the money to get the right containers. Or Or you're so overwhelmed. Yes. Just so overwhelmed by the prospect of tackling something that it cripples you. Yeah, and it's like, well, if it can't be absolutely perfect, I'm not even going to bother. And that is like the whole key message that we have about this Little Home Organised podcast is progress, not perfection. We want you to take small steps forward because small steps do lead to big change. I think we could just end the podcast there. That was beautiful, Bonnie. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't actually do that because our producer would be like, wrong. He'd hear it in his ears. Um, (laughs) But then the the final point that I wanted to mention before we jump into (laughs) the key part of this episode, which I'm so excited to share with you guys, is about being defensive. So along these same lines, what can happen is as we are feeling like we're a perfectionist, as we are struggling with the chaos and disorder that may be in our home and like we're such a busy mom and we're trying to manage our household and like, Mm. you know, all these excuses start flying out because we find ourselves feeling really defensive of it. I just don't have time. Mm. I just don't have time to do that. Or my kids are just so messy. And, you know, before you know it, all of these defenses are flying out of our mouths because we're 
just feel like we can't do it all and it's too much and we start to feel really vulnerable and we start to feel shame because we want to do better. Maybe we're a perfectionist or we're just striving to do better than where we're at. And so no matter what the reason is, there are so many common reasons why people get stuck and they don't continue with decluttering and organizing even though they really, really want it. No matter what the reason is, there is a mindset shift that I want to talk about today Mm. that can really help you not just in this area but in your life. I'm so passionate about it. I've been wanting to do this since we started our podcast and I just haven't haven't known how to do it in the best way possible and today we're going to do it. Is that because you're a perfectionist? (laughs) Maybe. We'll find out after the break. We've got some exciting news coming your way. So keep an eye out on the Little Home Organised website because very shortly there will be a new course launching and it'll be all over social media when it's available too. I'm not going to spill the beans on what course it is, but we have had quite a few people ask us about this. So um, just a little hint about what it might be. Uh, If you're someone who struggles to get ready in the morning and get out the door feeling fine, this is going to be a great course for you. And it's super affordable. So keep an eye out on our socials, keep an eye out on our website. If you're not already on our mailing list, make sure to join it and you'll be the first to know because when we launch, it's going to have discount pricing, but only for a limited time. Okay, so tell me about this mindset shift you want to talk about. Gonna blow your mind. I really don't want to do that to our listeners. That's not going to be pretty. No. This is something that I hope is a is something that you can take away from this episode today. Really spend some time in the shower, on your walks, whenever in your car, whenever you normally do a lot of your thinking, and start to internally look at your processes and internally look at how things work in your brain and then start to think about how they work in your partner's brain or in people in your life's brain. You'll see what I mean in a second. Okay. So we are going to talk about living. I don't think she could have gotten more vague. (laughs) We are talking about living our lives above or below the line. This is not about poverty. This is about if we live our life with more of a victor mentality or a victim mentality. Now, the purpose of this discussion is to empower you. And so I'm going to jump into what um, this means now. You you look nervous, Bonnie. It's okay. I am a little bit nervous because I'm kind of, yeah, wondering, am I a victim or a victor? Well, the good news about this is we all are both. Ah, so it's kind of like the the grey wolf and the white wolf that you've got inside you battling it out for you to be a good person or a bad person. Oh, I, said, I don't know what that is, but I want to know more after this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll have to delve into that one too. <laughs> I want you to imagine there's a big line, a big horizontal line, and below that line is an acronym, B-E-D, and above that line is an acronym, O-R, O-A-R. So OR above and, the and line bed. and BED below okay. the line. And in our life, as life events happen, we dip up above the line and down below the line. So if we experience great highs, we may be really high above the line. And if we're experiencing trauma or a really rough patch, we may find ourselves below the line a bit. It's normal to go above and below, but our, our ideal is to try and make sure that we don't go below the line too much and that we try to stay above the line where possible. So the acronym for above the line is ownership, accountability, and responsibility. And below the line is blame, excuses, and denial. So now, yeah, I want you to think of a scenario that happened with someone recently, maybe like a little bit of a disagreement when you were arguing with them. 
Was your immediate instinct or your immediate response to someone making you feel vulnerable, which is what happens when we, you know, when we feel vulnerable in life, we obviously want to get defensive. We want to protect ourselves. Did you find yourself blaming someone else because of that situation, throwing out a whole bunch of excuses or just straight up denying it? So let's say you and your partner have an argument about who was supposed to clean the bathroom? This We never fight, so this totally doesn't relate to me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you and your partner have a fight and you believe they should have cleaned the bathroom because you spoke to them about it earlier in the week when you were rushing out the door with the kids and they believe you should have done it because they did it last time and they mm-hmm. didn't tell you about it but they, you know, that's just what's fair. Right, okay, so communication breakdown and now you're in a state of aggression towards each other. Yeah, you're feeling pretty cross about it. So let's say... In this argument, if you were to blame your partner, yep. you would be saying, well, you didn't tell me that it was my turn to do it mm-hmm. or your excuses. I'm so busy. When would I have time to do that? Sure. Or the denial is the bathroom doesn't need cleaning. <laughs> yeah, that is denial. <laughs> or you, you could deny and say, well, you know, like it's also an excuse, but like I have no responsibility in it the situation. It wasn't my turn. It was your turn. Uh, yeah, it's your turn. I'm okay. busy taking care of the kids, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Okay, and so what about if you're living above the line in this kind of situation where the bathroom's not gotten clean? So same scenario but switching our mindset and how we respond to this crisis of the house. Totally. So ownership, you own it. Yes, I own it. It was my turn to do the bathroom. And I'm very sorry well, we don't even need to get to apologies just oh, yet. Oh, don't we? Okay. But you sounded very sincere there. <clears throat> Accountability. Totally sorry. I know that you didn't tell me about the bathroom, but I know that that's an area in your life where you struggle to communicate. And I know that that's an area. So, like, I know I'm aware mm-hmm. that it's my turn to do it and I need to be accountable for the commitments that I have made with you to share the load of cleaning the bathroom. So the very simplified version of what you just jumbled out is I should have remembered it was my turn to clean the bathroom, not left it up to you because we hadn't talked about it. Yeah, these ones kind of meld together. And then responsibility. So just, you know, again, along the same lines of this is something that is important to have done in our house mm-hmm. and it is not a fun job, but it's a shared responsibility and I need to do my part to help out. Okay. I wonder how many marriages actually have uh, people saying those words. We don't, do we? And <laughs> I this, mean, I don't think ours does Well, this often. is this is the reality, right? So this applies to everything and it also applies to decluttering and home organisation. Mm-hmm. So when someone says to you, I don't know who would be saying this to you, but if you could imagine someone coming up to you and being like, oh man, your house is so messy. And the first response that comes out of your mouth is to blame someone else. Oh, my kids are so messy. Like how on earth could I keep my home clean? Sure. Or to make excuses like, oh, I just don't have enough time in the day. Or just plain denial. My house isn't messy. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, if what are you talking about, Willis? It's normal to have those feelings and thoughts. It's normal to have the positive ones and the, and the negative ones. Mm. But the important message here is if your instinct is to go below the line in this area and in a lot of areas of your life, you're actually taking away your power. You're actually becoming a victim and you suddenly don't actually have the control you need for change. Mm, that's really interesting. Because when we sit below the line, we are unable to take the steps that we need to take 
to resolve whatever is bothering us. So that's one thing. Like it's, you know, as far as action goes, like if you're like, oh my gosh, my kitchen is chaotic and, you know, my partner and I have had a discussion about it and I just want to be able to do something about it. If you are still below the line, you aren't prepared and you aren't open and you aren't ready for change. So Mm. all the stuff that we were talking about before with all the common reasons – you're going to be swimming in there because you're not ready to change. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming. in denial. <laughs> Who sees that mess? Not me. 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 <laughs> no, no, no mess. <laughs> um, but the reason How I did love- we all of a sudden switch to Carol of the Bells? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but the reason I love this concept so, so much is if you really become open to growth, and you look inwards and start to assess if you're someone who is tending to live above or below the line, you can actually empower yourself. You can actually take back control because what we often fear is by admitting we've done wrong or admitting we could have done it differently, we're actually going to look really poorly. Mm. But it's actually not true. It's actually true that when we admit we didn't do something right and we own it, we're accountable and we admit to the responsibilities that we do have, you are actually going to impress people. You're actually going to show them that, you know what, you're right, I should have done that and, and I'm sorry. And, of course, coming with an attitude of love and compassion as well. Okay, so there are obviously some pros to living above the line and these are things like you being in control, you having improved confidence, um, improved decision-making, better problem-solving ability and that all-important factor of growth. All of these things make us wiser, more mature, more experienced. But then there's also the cons side of things to being a victim. So the cons of living below the line, what are those? Oh, gosh. So you lose your sense of control. You like end up in a place where you're really stuck. You probably find you're someone who gets stuck in a cycle. So maybe Mm. of really struggling to achieve things, feeling really badly because you don't achieve them. So then you don't try. So then you don't achieve. So then you feel bad. And it just cycles round and round and round. Mm, So like a bit of a guilt shame sort of cycle. Yeah. And the thing is, you need to be kind to yourself. You truly need to be kind to yourself because if you're not filling yourself with loving thoughts, how are you going to pour them out onto other people as well? And so it's really, really important that We're not in a position that is on the defensive. We want to be on the offensive. We want to be taking charge of our life. We don't want to be a victim to our life. And of course, there are situations where we simply will be. And that's okay. Life is about going up and down above the line and below the line. But we want to minimize that time down there. and We want to bounce back really quickly. Now, I do have a disclaimer on this, okay? For this to work, you need to be self-aware and you need to be willing and open to looking inside. So Mm. you need to be able to say, I'm not perfect and that's okay. And that can be hard. You're right, that can be. So in light of this very deep discussion that we have kind of delved into about the victim versus victim mindset, Mm -hmm. this week's tidy task is a bit of a self-reflection one because what I want our listeners to be able to do is to actually find that self-awareness and reflect on some situations where you have been the victim below the line and some situations where you have been the victor above the line and just start to make a bit of a plan moving forward for one small tiny step that you can take next time a situation arises and you've got that choice of how to respond because I think too often 
we try and change the situation, we try and change the people, but we don't realise that we don't have control over those things. We've only got control over how we respond to a situation or to a person. So what's that small step that you're going to take this week to help you live above the line instead of below it? Be open, be willing to grow, look inwards, accept yourself as you are and own your stuff. It will empower you and all the reasons we talked about earlier, you may find that some of those just start to melt away. Like ice. <laughs> Sorry. It's just getting so deep I and know, heavy. It's I, like, just, I just needed to lighten it. need to it. bring it back up again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to bring it back up by saying you're all amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time to have us in your ears. And remember progress not perfection see you later bye hey we'd love to keep the conversation going head over to the little home organized community group on facebook ask questions find motivation and share your before and afters and if you enjoy the show please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.